0: This
1: is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast and find out about events and training in your area.
0: Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. This is episode 11 of season 6. I'm your host, my name's Anna Hawkin and I'm the ministry lead here at Parenting for Faith. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to be talking about Idea 10 from my new book, Being God's Child, A Parent's Guide, which is out on the 21st of July. It is available for pre-order now if you'd like to order a copy already for your summer holiday reading. Um, But each of the ideas in the book looks at different things that we can learn from the children in our life, from our kids, about how to be God's child. And this final idea is all about using the family name. What does it mean to have God's authority and our identity from him? Now, I could not think of anyone better to talk about this than Ollie Goldenberg, who is the founder, along with his wife, Helen, of Children Can. So we're going to go to that conversation in just a moment. But before we do, I wanted to remind you that coming up next week on the 11th of July, we've got our pop up small group on decision making how to talk to our kids about making decisions. So on Facebook Live at eight o'clock, you can watch on your own um, or you can invite some people over. Why not grab a few friends and say, hey, let's watch this together. And then we provide some discussion questions for you to chat about and really just journey this together. And it doesn't matter what age and stage your child is, whether they're a toddler or primary school or secondary school, whether you think the decisions that they have to make at the moment are little ones or big ones. We'd really like to give you a framework and help you find the next step for your family about helping them to make those decisions well and to make them with God. Let's head over now to my conversation with Ollie. My guest today is Ollie Goldenberg. Ollie is a great friend of mine and of parenting for faith and he's the founder of Children Can who disciple children from the womb right into adulthood and they're all about connecting the generations of church together. He's written loads of books. I don't know if you even know how many, Ollie, but including the Josiah generation. No, he doesn't know. Uh, Lots and lots of books. And uh, he and his wife, Helen, have five fantastic children. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ollie.
1: Thanks. It's great to be here. And I'm I'm sure my kids are going to like the fact that they've been called fantastic because they are.
0: I mean... They are fantastic. The alliteration helps, I think, but uh, no, they are amazing. We would Ollie and I were just catching up about each other's kids, and uh, I saw his kids about ten years ago, and it's amazing to hear what they're doing now, all the all the amazing ways that they've developed and grown, and that God's used them. So we're talking today a little bit about that, about what it means to be God's children, uh, how we can use the family name, how we can use God's authority and the resources that He's given us to see amazing things, but. I want to start off by asking you a personal question, really, Ollie, which is, what does being God's child mean to you? What does that look like in your day-to-day life, and how does it affect your parenting?
1: Okay, so, uh, wow, well, <laughs> that's it. one small question to begin with. Thanks, Anna. But i uh, <laughs> right into the deep end. I mean, I think the first thing is, it's identity, isn't it? That my identity is I'm part of God's family. So because I'm part of God's family, That's who I am. And I I think with our own families, we build that same identity in. So our children know they belong to us. They're part of us. And Whatever happens in the world outside, they can come back, hopefully, to the safety of our home. I know that's not true for every child, um, but for many, the family is the very secure place. And so with God as our father, it's the same. I have that total security in him. It doesn't matter what the world says about me. I have somewhere safe to come back to. Not, Not just somewhere safe, but somewhere with total unconditional love. Um, and and that level of unconditional love that allows us to be disciplined by God you know the Lord disciplines those whom he loves our father earthly father Hebrew says disciplines us for a short time but the Lord disciplines us for our good Um, it's that moment uh, sometimes before I go and do something my wife goes oh you've got a little something on your nose now if other people say that you feel all embarrassed but because she's family there's that yep only she can say that. I know she loves me. And I'll sort that out before I go up in front in front of people to speak. Um, and it's the same with father. He can discipline us. Our father, he can discipline us. He can guide us. And best of all, he knows what's best for us. So having our identity in the Lord changes everything. And the fact that he's our father and not just Lord. Um, I love the, the description of the uh, person, the only person who is allowed to interrupt the president, no matter what he's doing. And it's his son. Uh, he can come in, he can say, Daddy, and ha- demand something, you know, can we do this? Um, and we have that same right. We've been looking recently at Revelation um, 4, chapter 4, that throne room of God, which is just this awe-inspiring thing. Of I encourage you, your listeners, go and read it. The, this God who is thunder and lightning and angels around his throne and 24 elders who every time the angels cry, Holy, 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 they cast their crowns before him, bow before him. And, and we read that we can boldly approach the throne. This throne that the elders are having to keep falling down before God, we don't go in going, Almighty oh, God. We do do that. But because he's our father, we can come in and go, daddy, God. I've got a request to make to you. And he says, come. And then I think the next thing we probably do is fall on our faces before almighty God. And I, I can't see how we wouldn't when you read that description, but that we're allowed into his throne room. So um, how, how does this affect our parenting? I, I think, uh, what was the question? Sorry, how do we? Yeah,
0: so how does it, um, so how does it affect your day to day? And you've described that really well about identity being the start. But what difference yeah. does that make to you as a dad? So your parenting, not just out of your own resources but you've got God as your father there with you day to day what difference does that make
1: yeah brilliant I I think the Lord gives us a model of how to live as a father and uh, whether we have a perfect father and I was blessed I had a pretty good father but he wasn't perfect Um, but then I look at how the Lord is with me and how I read of him in scripture and go right that's the model of fatherhood I'm aspiring to I think sometimes our parenting can be either a reaction towards what our parents did or a reaction against what they did. And actually what we we should be aspiring to is not to copy exactly our parents because they were pretty good or to rebel against everything to do with our parents, but aspire to be how Father God was with us. So that firm discipline, consistent, unconditional love, no matter what mood we're in and no matter what they've done, to, to be that that even keel in the family. Um, so I think it's seeing, uh, for, for me, it's looking at God As our father is a model of what fatherhood looks like and how I need to up my game. Uh, If I'm honest, I look at how father God is and go, "Okay, Lord, I'm going to I'm going to have to up up my game. I can't just live at this level and parent my children at this level, which is kind of okay, And it's kind of what my parents did. And, you know, they're not going to it's not going to be a disaster. But actually, you're calling me to be a father to these children. You've positioned me as their parent and therefore I I need to be the best father I can. And obviously the best model of fathering is, is father God himself.
0: Yeah, that's so helpful, thank you. And uh, so we've touched a bit there on identity and the difference it makes knowing whose we are and being able to boldly approach God. I wanna think now about specifically God's authority, the authority that we have as his children. How can we help our children and young people to understand that and to use it? It's all well and good to sit at home in our nice, comfy houses or churches, whatever, and talk about God and worship him and pray to him. Uh, Those things are great. But actually, he's given us authority to do amazing things. How can we share that with our children and young people and get them out there and using it?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think the the starting point for this is who is God with our children? He is the creator of the universe. He he is the one in whose image we're made. He is the one who has all authority, who ultimately will create the new heaven and new earth at the end, who is returning to a world that is groaning and longing for him. He, He is the one who will send one angel, one angel to tie up Satan at the end. Just one. That's all it will take. Because all authority rests with him. Um, So starting with understanding who he is and then ourself in relationship to him. We're his children. And that means we're called. um, Second Corinthians says it this way. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are called to be ambassadors for God. The ambassadors carry delegated authority to enact the kings or the local governments. Command. They live under the local government's rules. So the British embassy all over the world, they can have tea at four o'clock and that uh, they find and that that's a kind of a stereotype, isn't it? But but they ha- they are under the British law, whatever country they live in, their embassy runs under the British law and they are there to represent and enact British interests in all that they do. Well, we are ambassadors for Christ. This means we get to live with that authority of Christ expressed wherever we go. Um it's not our authority, it's God's. And how, how can we help our children to see this? Um so there's a couple of things I want to say on this. The first thing is um that that having when they under begin to understand this, that they need to understand it's not their authority that they have to go and boss people about, yeah. but this is God's authority in them to bring God's kingdom from heaven to earth. So the questions like what is what does God want to happen in this situation? what is, what does the lord feel about this person who's winding you up how can you enact that what he's given you authority to bring his kingdom but what does his kingdom look like in that situation and the second thing i i love talking with children about is um is is the kind of uh natural epic fails of the bible that God was still able to use them with their authority. I'll I'll give you a couple of examples of this. I I know many people's mind they'll jump to David, the one after God's own heart who did all his things. But the the two things that I, I, the ones that I keep coming back to with children is this, James, Elijah was a man just like us. (laughs) He prayed it wouldn't rain, it did not rain. Just like, really? Mighty man of God? Yeah, but the truth is, Elijah, as soon as he'd seen this amazing miracle, went, oh no, I'm going to die, everyone's against me. And he he went through the same emotional roller coaster, and yet he was able to use God's authority to stop the rain, and God's authority to restart it, because he understood the will of the Father, and he was willing to walk with the will of the Father, no matter what the cost. Um, So here's a second one, which I love. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he says um, in First Corinthians, when I was with you, I was with you with weakness, fear and much trembling. (laughs) <laughs> this is the apostle Paul, the mighty apostle who took the gospel all through much of the well, the modern Roman Empire, as it was at that time, The, the through the Gentile kingdoms. He is the one who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. This is the mighty man of God who we think didn't marry for the sake of the gospel. He kept himself for the Lord and the Lord only and who was beaten and whipped and chained and stopped shipwrecks. And this is Paul we're talking about, who we look at and go, he's amazing. And his testimony is actually, do you know what? I have nothing. I ran on empty, but I needed the Lord. So when our children begin to understand that and they see actually this is God's authority in them, then it's okay, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And I will encourage children to say, Lord, show me the opportunities you're giving me. Show me what they are and help me have the courage to take them. And I know when our children begin to pray that, it's amazing how. They just go, oh, I spotted this person today or this happened today or just because their eyes are open to seeing Father God, what are you doing? Daddy God, what do you want me to do today? And remembering that we're on the winning side. Jesus declared it's finished. So we carry his authority to enforce his victory wherever we go. And and that doesn't matter. That's not dependent on age. It's not dependent on how long you've been following the Lord. It's just simply dependent on us being part of his family.
0: So good. So good. And so countercultural, because I think actually there's a bit of an encouragement in general parenting to say to your children, you're clever and you're beautiful and you're funny and you're perfect just as you are. You don't need to do anything or just, you know, believe in yourself. And we're actually saying to our children, don't believe in yourself. You're Fallen, broken, weak people as we are. Um, but that's fine. That's God's speciality. He loves to use his children in their brokenness, in their weakness, to do amazing things. And then it's so exciting because you can see it's God. I think. Um,
1: yeah, it's brilliant. Just listen to that. And I think you, what you've described is which worldview are we going to give our kids? And it's so insidious. I mean, what you, the, the kind of believe in yourself, that's a really new age worldview. Mm. And it's insidious in the church if we're not careful, it's insidious in our parenting, but as much as possible, we need to frame it in biblical terms. And I I think it's a challenge for us, but if we're not the first generation to raise um, kids in a kind of secular environment, we won't be the last, I don't think, unless Jesus comes back. Um, Soon, so so yeah, we can do
0: this. We can do this, mums, dads. We've got this. <laughs> and I wanted to pick up there. One of the things I love that you have done at Children Can is to look at Christians who've gone before and to really kind of highlight this to our children and young people. So through your God's General series, you look at uh, all sorts of. I was going to say heroes of the faith. To me, they're heroes of the faith. I don't know if that elevates them too much. People who've done amazing things for God, but like I say, who are, were were fallen, broken, normal, ordinary people and kind of share their stories uh, with children to say, hey, look, this is how, with God's authority as his child, God can use you to do amazing things. I don't know if you just want to share a little bit more about uh, those stories, maybe an example of one of them and how a parent might use it to help their child with this.
1: Yeah, brilliant. You know, I think looking at examples from history are so important. Many, many missionaries, I think it's 90% of missionaries receive their call as children. And I think a lot of the reason the Lord was able to serve that, I'm talking about overseas missionaries, we're all missionaries because we're followers of Jesus, we're called to bring his mission to the world. But those who receive their calling to overseas, many of them read biographies of people who went before. And as children, God was able to use that to stir in them a desire. To fulfill their calling as overseas missionaries, and um, so we wrote the God's Generals for Kids series. It's a t- series of twelve books, looking at twelve different lives of people who lived full on for Jesus, and made huge mistakes, some of them along the way. Um, for exactly that same reason, we want to see children. And and actually, this is the testimony of these books that it stirs children. To say, I want to live like that for Jesus. Um, and, but one of my favorite stories is someone uh, called John Dowie. He was he was a disaster for the second half of his life. When you study his life, you think, why would you even mention this guy? Because the second half of his life became very egotistical, self-centered, uh, calling, built a city called Zion. I mean, I'm, I'm not selling the book at this point, am I? This, this is the guy, yeah, I would not want my child to follow this. But you know, in the earlier part of his life, he was one of the real um, pioneers restoring he, the healing movement, modern day healing movement to the church. And the Lord really, really used him. In fact, many of those um, who crossed paths with him would be from the Azusa Street revival and so on, came in, under his influence of his ministry at some point, who went on to spread the gospel all over the world, and who would be perhaps at the root of many of the charismatic movements and Pentecostal movements we see today, They came under the influence of this guy who at the start of his ministry was super humble and used mightily by God. They they tried to kill him. Um, Because he was seeing so many people saved and so many people healed, and he was so outspoken against the sins of the world at the same time. So confronting, but also displaying the glory of God. In other words, what we're talking about, carrying the authority of God and saying, You guys need to repent. This is sin. God will judge you, but come to him, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and Jesus will give you rest. And so uh, John Dowry saw many, many miraculous things. In fact, on the back of the uh, the wall of his church, he had um, crutches and, and And hearing aids and things that were no longer needed because people had been healed. Well, because of this, they they tried to destroy his ministry. He was arrested a hundred times one year. A hundred times. Imagine trying to run a ministry when every third day, every couple of times a week, you're arrested. Um, They put him in a, uh, one time when they arrested him, they put him in a cart that had held smallpox victims, hoping he would get sick and and kind of knock him out that way. Um, One time he was working in his office late at night with his secretary and he heard an audible voice saying, get out. And he, you know, said to his secretary, Do you hear that? No, you didn't hear it. And um, okay, second time, get out. Just really? Uh, just finish this up. And then a third time, get out now. And he said to his secretary, Let, let's go back to my house, we'll finish our work there. When they came back to the church in the morning, his office had been blown up. They put a bomb under his desk, and his office had boom, gone. So, anytime when he was putting the Lord first, anytime. Um people tried to attack him or bring him down. All that happened was the Lord elevated his ministry further and protected him. But when he brought the spotlight onto himself and started to say things, crazy things like you pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ and John Dowie, his apostle, um, then his ministry nosedived. And actually, there's a bit of situation at the end. I'm not going to give that bit. So we want we, we, to we'll leave that as a teaser. But um, we, we've got to let our children have this instilled in them, these kind of values that actually the Lord can use you. He can use you, but it's about him. The focus is on him. And we, we could look at other examples. We've written about Evan Roberts, the Welsh revivalist and the Azusa Street revival in the uh, life of William Seymour and Smith Wigglesworth, Catherine Coleman, Each one. I mean, Catherine Coleman, she divorced. She married someone God told her not to marry and it went badly wrong. Um, and so all of these. Uh, and yet the Lord used all of these people to bring his healing, his salvation. John Lake saw 100,000 people saved in three years in South Africa. I mean, that's a, a that's a fruitful ministry. And so for our children to understand that when we walk in the authority of God, we can do I think often with things like healing, um, we we have this impression that we are to go to God with healing. It's as if we come with for someone who's healing. and We turn to the Lord and say, Lord, will you heal them? Heal them. And yet the New Testament pattern I see is the Lord says, you go and heal the sick. In other words, we're not going to God as intercessors, but we're going from God as ambassadors to bring his healing to the world. Yes. So I am here in the name of Jesus to heal you because this is what this is what the purpose is is for. And so, so understanding that authority and seeing how it's lived out in the lives of those who've been recently stirs our children to begin to step out themselves. Um, One of the stories, I'm sure I've shared it with you before, Anna, one of the stories um, of children who we've worked with. um, One child was always she was about eight years old, always talking about Jesus nonstop in school, in home, wherever she went. She was she was a a Jesus freak. And I mean that in the nicest (laughs) sense of the word. Um, Wherever she went, she would speak about Jesus. And the head teacher came to her one day and said, you know, it's really good that you have this faith. but, But really, let's keep this faith. Keep it at home keep it in your church and your community. That's fine. But let's, let's not bring it so much into school because it might upset some people here. And you, you understand where the head teacher's coming from, but this girl was quite distressed by this. And she came to me and she told me about it. And I said to her, well, what are you going to do about it? She said, I'm going to pray. So, well, what are you going to pray? She said, I'm going to pray that God will change my head teacher's mind or that God will change my head teacher. I was like, Okay, good prayer, go for it. Well, three weeks later, middle of the school term, no notice, the head teacher suddenly left the school. And it's that kind of understanding of the authorities God's given us. Remember what I said earlier, this isn't about authority to enact whatever I mm. want, but this is about the authority God has given to bring his kingdom to earth. And if that person's going to stop the preaching of the gospel, then that child understood they had authority to deal with it at the root cause. And God intervened. And the way he chose to intervene was to remove that head teacher and bring in another head teacher who was quite happy to let them get on and and carry on being themselves as they went through it. So I think the more we instill this in our children and bring them examples from our own lives, whilst also, you know, allowing that measure of uncertainty of, you know, I've got my whatever box where things don't work out as I planned and as I see in scripture. And one day those things will make there. But you know what? I'm happy to put things in the whatever box because we also have the this is God moving and he does amazing things box. And that's the direction I want to head in. So whatever it is in me, Lord, you need to refine and change and purify so that you can work through me more fully so that your kingdom can come more awesomely. Do it. And, and we want our children to see the same, do the same, live the same um, and, and actually bring a difference. Do You know what? If they don't take the gospel to their generation, who will? Who will? There's not a line of people waiting. The BBC are not requesting to have a time preaching the gospel. <laughs> Offset uh, Ofsted is not inspecting people on how well the gospel is being preached. You know, there's, there's no one else going to rise up but this generation to reach this generation. Um,
0: and, and we've got to do it. We've got to do it. And they can do it. You know, I love what you shared about that example. And I know you have hundreds more stories because you guys are amazing at empowering and equipping children to do this. Um, I was just going to say what I particularly like about those examples that you use from the God's General series is that, is the nuance in it and kind of the authenticity in what you're sharing as well. That I think particularly in Bible stories or when we're looking at history, we have this tendency to have heroes or villains, you know, goodies or baddies. Here was a good person who followed God and this was a bad person who was against God. And it's just rarely that simple Um, and the more we can show children what a normal everyday walk with God looks like that there are times where we go after him really hard and it's going well and we listen to him and we do amazing things in his name and there are times that we really struggle with stuff or we get tripped up or we get tempted and that's all part of the journey and it's okay just because they're struggling with something or tempted by something or that doesn't mean they're a write-off and and that this isn't possible so yeah I love the the nuance in there, and I really think that's that's a helpful thing to share with them. So we'll pop a link in the show notes to those God's general um, resources. What else is going on at Children Cam before we go? Is there any anything particular coming up you'd like to share with us or anything about your ministry for people who haven't heard of it before?
1: Yeah, so so as you said earlier, Children Cam, we're all about seeing this generation walk in revival and connecting generations together. I, I think that's the Lord's heart. Um, we have lots and lots of different plates that we're spinning, Um, So there's a couple of things that are that are under wraps at the moment, soon to be revealed. Uh, Some things looking at preparing our children to live in the last days and the last days began when Jesus went up to heaven. So we're in them now. Um, But I think often we we don't get quite as far as the end of the story of Jesus coming back. We kind of maybe get as far as Pentecost and then go, yeah, that's it. But um, but if they don't know that there might be some tribulation times some challenging times and how many will fall away. If they're aware of those things, when they see it happen, they go, oh, this is what God said in Scripture. I remember this. And it will strengthen their faith as opposed to them imploding. So we've got some things on that. Um, we're preparing as part of our uh, womb ministry. So um, this is ministering to those who are pregnant. We've got our book, Jesus, Your Baby and You. And we're preparing a video series to go alongside that. That'll be out hopefully in a few months time. It's taking a little longer than planned. Um, and we've also just taken on, along with a whole host of other people, a conference called Hand in Hand. And one of the reasons... Um, Helen and I, my wife and I, we took on this conference. This is for children's leaders and family leaders. Um, is because we want to see every child hear the gospel, have the opportunity to hear the gospel at least every, once a year in this nation. Every child, every year, hearing the gospel. So as well as having some great discipleship things and some emphasis on family there, we're going to really be bringing in how we can reach out to the lost. And it's 2nd to 4th of February, hand-in-hand conference. And uh, if you work with children, I really encourage you to go along there and take a look at that. And uh, take a look at our website, we've got loads and loads of things going on. We've got grandparent forms. If you're a grandparent, if you have a, a parent who you think I would love them to kind of be able to get this, so every few months, we do a grandparenting form. Our next one in um, October is with Steve Begu from uh, Children Christian Concern, and we're gonna be looking at clash of values. So what it's like when there's clash of values, either across generations or with your family to the outer world as well. So that's our grandparent form. We do webinars for kids. Our next one is all about the Feast of Trumpets. And we'll be looking at what that's got to do with Jesus and what's that got to do with us as believers, um, that Jewish festival of trumpets or Rosh Hashanah and lots of other things. We travel around doing all kinds of things. Which we can talk about all day long. Uh, But the best thing is just go to childrencan.co.uk and you will find
0: out more about it. They really do have a wealth of resources. So uh, it's worth joining their mailing list, following them on social media, um, because there's new stuff coming out all the time. Ollie, it's been an absolute pleasure. It always is. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you for what you and Helen do, the many people you bless in this nation and uh, far beyond as well. Thank you, Anna. We like to end every podcast with a question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation. This week's question is, what makes you stand out as a Christian? Have a great conversation. We're going to be back next week with Rachel Turner, thinking about how to help our kids and teens be God's children too. We've been thinking about this lots for ourselves, how we interact with God as his children. But God invites them to have a relationship with him as well a personal relationship, not as grandchildren, not as an add on of who we are and what we do with him, but as their own thing. So uh, do join us next week. And I'd love to invite you this week to subscribe to the podcast if you don't do that already. Now there's different ways to do that on different platforms. But it's really, really important. We're about to have our summer break, so it will be the end of season six. But we've got some summer bonus episodes that are going to be popping up over the summer. And you're only going to notice those and get access to them if you're subscribed. So if you look wherever you're listening to this now, if it's on an app on a phone, there should be an option to subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify or online, uh, you can follow us as well. But do make sure that you're subscribed or you're following us um, so that you get those bonus summer episodes. Have a great week. We'll be back next week.